Hello, welcome to Dealers of the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. We need to talk about Britney, and there's a lot to talk about. I was going to say which Britney, but it's Britney, bitch. What other... Oh, there's Britney Murphy. There's Britney... Uh, there's just two, Britney Murphy and Britney Spears. And Britney from Glee... Oh, and Britney S. Pierce from Glee, yeah. yes. There's yeah, there's probably other Britneys, but yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about Britney Spears. Um, I can't promise you, Allison and I can't promise you that we're going to uh, get through it without making a slave for you pun or toxic pun or work bitch pun. If that's what you're hoping, then I think you should probably fast forward right now. Because Move on, yeah. I can almost guarantee we will do those. A few, yeah. <laughs> so you've been warned. Um, but pretty much every little living thing on the planet by now knows that last week, Britney Spears finally spoke up for herself to a judge in her conservatorship case. The gist of what she said is that she wants out of her conservatorship, which has been going on for 13 years. Mm -hmm. She wants to live her life under her own terms. And we'll get to all of that. But first, let's quickly go over the history of her conservatorship. And I'll try to do this quickly, but quickly to me is like 30 minutes yeah, but or I three think, hours. Yeah. But it's I think it's totally necessary, though, because I know that there are people out there who still have they're so confused by it. They don't I'm still confused by it. Yeah. And I've written about this day in, day out forever. And I'm still I still don't have all the pieces together. But we'll we'll try together. We'll try. Mm -hmm. So in 2008, um, Brittany was going through it. She was in the middle of a breakdown. She was put on a psychiatric hold called a 5150 twice. The -hmm. second time she was put on a 5150, her father, Jamie Spears, who I call Daddy Spears, and I may call him that throughout this, Mm -hmm. uh, filed for a temporary, temporary Mm -hmm. conservatorship, and it was granted, meaning he proved to a court that Brittany was not in a place to make her own decisions, from medical decisions to financial decisions. Mm -hmm. So... He became in charge of her life, pretty much. And later that year, the conservatorship was made permanent. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I think I've said this before in this podcast, many praised Daddy Spears for saving Britney um, because it was not looking good for her. So I remember, like, he got a lot of praise. Like, oh, people, I think, were calling him a hero at the time. Which... Maybe feels a little bit not correct during the uh, where we're at right now. Yeah. And back then, I think a lot of people felt that, you know, we were watching Britney go through it and Mm -hmm. someone needed to step in and do something. I mean, at that by that point, people were screaming for someone to step in and do something. So the family did. And so Mm -hmm. at that point, he was praised um, Mm -hmm. at that moment. Uh, Lawyer Andrew Wallet became a co-conservator in 2009, and conservators have come and gone and come back again throughout the years, but Britney's dad has pretty much been a constant in her conservatorship. Like, he's taken a step back and has come back too, but pretty much he's been a constant. And mm-hmm. um, f- since this conservatorship started in 2008, she's turning 40 this year, so it's been going on a while. So since her conservatorship started 13 years ago, Brittany has pretty much worked the entire time, bitch. Um, (laughs) She's made four albums. She was a judge on The X Factor. She did a Las Vegas residency for four years. She did four tours. There's a theme here. It's four. She kept working. She made millions upon millions of dollars, which she couldn't manage herself legally. And her conservators including her father, were being paid to be her conservators. So they were making money off of her, as well as her management was making money off of her. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so the public, we the public, started to see cracks in her conservatorship around 2019. So Mm -hmm. not that long ago. So in 2019, it was pretty much quiet between like 2008 and 2019. It was pretty Mm -hmm. quiet. So 
In 2019, after Britney was coming off of a tour, it was announced that she was doing another Las Vegas residency. But then it was announced that the residency was on pause because Daddy Spears ruptured his colon, was really sick, and Britney wanted to care for him. Then we heard that Britney had checked into a treatment center because she was so stressed out about her father being sick. So that is what we were told. Yes. And remember this part because Brittany brought it up in her statement to the court, and it's completely different. Mm -hmm. The opposite of what I just said, basically. Mm -hmm. Also in 2019 is when the Free Brittany movement started. Uh, The Free Brittany move is basically a group of fans who want Brittany to be free of her conservatorship. It started when the podcast Brittany's Gram got a voicemail from an anonymous source claiming that Brittany's, um, and the source claimed to be like involved in her legal team. Right. They claimed that her Las Vegas residency wasn't canceled because she wanted to take care of her dad. The source claimed that her dad canceled it because she refused to take her meds and he then put her in a rehab center against her will. At the time, Brittany claimed that everything was okay. Right. Later that year in 2019, um, Kevin Federline, or K-Fed as we call him, the father of Britney's two teenage sons, took out a restraining order against Daddy Spears, claiming that Daddy Spears broke down a door and went after Britney's son, Sean Preston, who was 13 at the time. Um, It was claimed that he violently shook Sean Preston. Uh, Charges were eventually dropped. Yeah. Now, I don't want to say, like, I knew what was going on or I told you so because I would never do that. But for me... That incident where K-Fed took out a restraining order, that's when I was like, listen, I never really trusted Daddy Spears that much. He always kind of like gave me a vibe. But when he took out that restraining order, I was like, something is not good. I don't trust that guy. And you were right. Yeah. I'm psychic, basically. Last year is when Britney began to make moves in her conservatorship. So through her court-appointed lawyer, she's not allowed to choose her own lawyer, Samuel D. Ingham III, a very lawyery sounding name, she filed papers asking for changes to her conservatorship, including adding her manager, Jody Montgomery, and a money management company as her conservators. Now, it seemed like she was making moves to push out her father. Yes. And also, Britney's mother, Lynn Spears, asked to be looped into the conservatorship. And um, we were told she was supporting Britney and whatever Britney wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Britney's little sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, was appointed the trustee of her estate. And Britney's brother, publicly said that she wants to eventually get out of the conservatorship. So it seemed like part of the family was with her. Mm-hmm. And then framing uh, the Framing Britney Spears documentary came out on Hulu, and it covered the shadiness of the conservatorship. And then before Britney's hearing last week, the New York Times got a hold of documents in her conservatorship case. And they say that as far back as 2014, She's been trying to get out of the conservatorship and has been making it clear she doesn't want her father involved in it at all. Mm -hmm. And throughout the years, Brittany has been on social media talking about how happy she is and she's the happiest she's ever been. And the Free Brittany movement thinks that she was forced to say those things and that her team controls her social media And, you know, says that she's happy when she's really not. And this has been denied by sources who say that Britney's, uh, what Britney says on social media is from Britney. That's the basics before we get into her statement. Mm -hmm. Did I miss anything, Allison? I probably missed a million things. But up until this point, have I missed anything? Is there anything you want to add? No, I think that that is like a very comprehensive university level PhD course coverage on that. Maybe community college. Maybe. But a good community college, though. Uh, Mid-level. Mid-level. One that doesn't offer coupons. Oh, no. We offer coupons at my community college. We're thrifty. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's get to uh, her court statement Mm -hmm. last week. So Brittany asked the judge in her conservatorship case, Judge Brenda Penny, to speak to the court, and she was granted that. So it happened last week, and because of the pandemic, of course, Brittany wasn't in actual court, but she talked via phone call, and she made it clear she wanted the public to hear it. Like, she wanted it completely open. She wanted 
everyone to hear everything. So it mm-hmm. was open. Mm-hmm. Although future hearings will most likely be closed because apparently that's what Brittany wants. She wants future ones to be closed. Yeah. So um, she talked for over 20 minutes and read from a statement she wrote. You could tell she was nervous because she talked really fast. And the judge, I think, told her twice to slow down because the court reporter couldn't keep up. You better type, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Brittany should have said. You better type, bitch. So you can read or listen to Britney's full statement on the internet. It's everywhere. But I'm going to cover the main points she made. So mm-hmm. the biggest point she's made is that she's fucking done with the conservatorship after 13 years. She wants to end it. She's accused her management and family of abusing her and using her and basically keeping her held prisoner. She wants everyone involved to pay for what they've done to her and thinks they should be jailed. And that includes her family. And that's why I mentioned... Lynn Spears and Jamie Lynn because she said her family. Yeah, because it because I always thought I was under the impression that like Lynn Spears was off selling Rodan and Fields on social media and had you know no idea what was going on. But yeah, when she said family, not just Daddy Spears, I was like, uh oh. Yeah, and I've heard like Lynn was trying to support her, and mm-hmm. so yeah, that whole my family is calling out Lynn and Jamie Lynn Spears. Mm-hmm. So. Brittany said that she was lying when she told her Instagram followers that she's happy because she's not happy. She's very depressed. She cries every single day because essentially she's a prisoner and can't make any decisions for herself. Um, She's told no all the time. She has to ask for permission to do anything. She can't even go for a drive with her boyfriend, Sam Ascari. Uh, Brittany then told her side of the cancellation of her second Vegas residency and why she went to a treatment center. And shockingly enough, it's not because of Daddy Spears' colon problems. Um, It wasn't because of that. And let's never talk about his colon again. Let this be the last time. Yeah. I'm on board with you. So Brittany told Judge Penny that she didn't want to do the second Vegas residency because she just came off a tour. And a tour, she didn't want to do that tour either. But she had to. And you know, so she was coming off the tour and she was going to go right into the second Vegas residency and she really needed a break. But she was told that since she signed on to do it, her management could sue her for breach of contract. And if she wanted to get out of it, she'd have to get a lawyer, which was impossible since her conservators would have to approve a lawyer and they probably weren't going to do that. So she was trapped. She had to, yeah, she was trapped in this Vegas show she didn't want to do. So Brittany went into rehearsals for her second residency. And I think she wanted the court to see that she's capable of making decisions on her own because she says she was pretty much directing the show and she taught her own choreographer to the dancers. So there's video of that, like her teaching moves to the dancers. But things went from dark to even darker when Brittany one day refused to do a dance move during rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And her management, her dancers, and her assistant were called into a meeting without her. And then she said the meeting went on for 45 minutes. Um, her manager then called her therapist at the time and said that she was being difficult and uncooperative and wasn't taking her meds. And Brittany said that was not true and it was bullshit and it was stupid since the same lady has been giving her her meds for the past eight years every morning. So she said she was taking her meds. And her management finally told her that she didn't have to do the show if she didn't want to. And she didn't want to do it. So she said, no, I don't want to do it. And she said it was like a huge weight that was lifted off of her, but that's when the fuckery really started, according to her. Mm-hmm. So Brittany's therapist then sat her down and told her he was hearing that she was not being cooperative. So he took her off her usual meds and put her on lithium. That therapist needs to have their license revoked or whatever you do with therapists, because I didn't like hearing that. So she said the lithium left her fucked up. And she could barely hold a conversation. And she told, she said she did tell her father she was scared. Mm -hmm. But she was kept on lithium. She didn't leave her house for a month. She also had to undergo a psych test. She didn't get into detail on what this psych test was. But she had to undergo it every single day. And one day her father called her up and told her she failed 
a psych test. So he told her that they were sending her to a house in Beverly Hills where she'd undergo a treatment program they created for her and it will cost her $60,000. So they told, they had, she was forced to go to this house where some kind of thrown together treatment program she'd have to do and she would have to pay $60,000 a month. So they took her phone, her credit cards, her every move was watched 24 hours a day. She says that for 10 hours a day, seven days a week, she had meetings and had to do work. Now, the work I'm guessing is like therapy sessions. Sure. Probably. Yeah, yeah she did. Yeah, like a workbook or whatever. Yeah, or, or sessions with her therapist. Um, mm-hmm. She had no days off. And if she skipped any meetings or skipped out on work, she wouldn't be able to see her kids or boyfriend. So she said she was essentially held prisoner in this house. Honestly, Michael, it sound that sounds a little bit like Scientology to me. Where what, it's like gold to, base? Yeah, where you have to like pay like thousands of dollars to take classes that you're like, I don't even think these are are accredited, and they take away your cell phone. You're not allowed to talk to people. It's just a house in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds very cultish. So, like I said earlier, um, Brittany accused her entire family of being against her called her father cruel, basically said he was a drunk, he's an alcoholic, he's always mad, Um, he lives to torture her, he loves to be cruel to her, and she said she's been making money for him for her entire life, and she's had it. She's sick of working to make him and others money, she wants out of the conservatorship, she wants those involved to pay, she also wants to do less therapy and do it at her home because she says it's demoralizing Uh, when she goes to her therapist's office and the paparazzi are there taking pictures of her. So she wants it done at home. She says she's only speaking out now because she didn't think people would believe her. She never said before because she, you know, she thought people would say, oh, that's Britney Spears is everything. She's not going through that. She's exaggerating. Mm -hmm. For example, she's um, not too long ago, Paris Hilton, uh, came out and said that she was abused at this boarding school she went to in Utah. So Brittany heard Paris talking about that. And Brittany admitted in court that she didn't believe Paris, that Paris was abused. Mm -hmm. So I think she thought, well, if I don't believe Paris, they're not going to believe me. Mm -hmm. So um, she also didn't know she could ask the court to end her conservatorship. But she wants to end it now because she'd like to take the time to do whatever the hell she wants. She wants to get married. She wants to have another baby. So basically, this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good. Um, I I deserve to have a life. I've worked my whole life. I deserve to have a two to three year break and just, you know, do what I want to do. But I do feel like um, there is a crunch here. And I feel like... um, I feel open and I'm okay to talk to you today about it, but I I wish I could stay with you on the phone forever because when I get off the phone with you, all of a sudden, all of I hear, I hear all these no's, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden I get, I feel ganged up on and I feel bullied and I feel left out and alone. And I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, any of those things. And more so, um, And that's all I wanted to say to you. And thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. And that leads me to this really fucked up IUD story, like a Mm -hmm. horror show. So Brittany said that she can't have a baby right now because she's got an IUD in her and she needs authorization from her conservators to get it taken out. And they won't approve that because they don't want her to have any more children. That's very creepy. I like, okay, when I heard that too, I was like thinking in my head, like I was going to a place where I'm like, okay, if that was me, what would I do to get that out? And I don't mean like I would do it myself. Like, I mean, like uh, what I could think of was like, let's say they let me go to Target one day and then I just approach somebody who works at Target and I'm like, hi, can you do me a favor? Can you sneak me out the back door and can you drive me to the nearest Planned Parenthood? And you would hope that the person would be like, okay, Brittany, I've got you. But no, they would probably like go to their manager and be like, uh, Brittany Spears is asking me to sneak her out the back, like to drive her to a 
family planning clinic. Like, it, there's like no way you couldn't do it. Well, she probably had security up her ass the whole entire time. Yeah. So she, yeah, she probably also like didn't know how. You know, it's like she's been in this bubble for so long. Yeah, you just don't know how to ask for help sometimes. I did hear stories like, I don't know who said it. Someone said like, she, maybe it was, I don't know. Like she got a hold of a cell phone and called somebody and told them she needed help. Mm-hmm. But they were very confused about the whole thing. So there are stories like she tried to ask for help. We will definitely. To no avail. avail. Yeah. That, sign, that scene will be uh, expanded upon more when somebody eventually writes a biopic about this. Yeah, definitely. So after Brittany gave her statement, Judge Penny praised her her courage and asked her attorney if she wanted to file to end her conservatorship. So he said that she hasn't asked him yet. Um, but if Brittany asks him to file to end the conservatorship, he will do that. And if that happens, then hearings will start to mm-hmm. end the conservatorship. And Brittany wants to end it without an evaluation. So that ends the court hearing part. Mm-hmm. What, what did I miss anything? No, no, that was everything. That was everything. Okay. So, what what are your thoughts like <laughs> right now? <laughs> what are my thoughts? I'm like literally sitting here, like holding my knees, being like, "Well, I sure do feel terrible for Britney Spears right now." <laughs> no, like my thoughts are, I just feel so bad for her because it's like it's one thing to be going through mental health struggles i'll be candid i myself have had mental health struggles and you know i had a moment there where it was like not good but it's like i still had like my doctor that i could talk to and friends that i could talk to and my employer at the time was very understanding and you know i had i was in like school so it's like i had teachers i could talk to and stuff and it's like, now imagine you're going through something and everybody that you know, everybody you're allowed to have contact with is like being paid by your dad and your dad is allegedly not a good person. And you, and you like, don't get to have like, you, you like, don't, you don't get to have anything. Like your wallet is just nothing. It's like the, it's like, you know, like the fake credit cards that come with a wallet. Yeah. That's like Britney's wallet. Yeah. If, if that. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If that. but I mean, I've pulled the lawyer card maybe three or four times during the game of life. So I'm obviously, <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm obviously legally a lawyer, but I'm not yes. enough of a lawyer to dissect all of this because I'm like I'm always from the like two sides school, right? Right. Like, and we don't know the case inside out or know like about Britney's medical history, but to yes. me. What is really shady is Mm -hmm. that she's been working steadily for the past 13 years, and she's still under this conservatorship. So Mm -hmm. again, I'm not a lawyer, but if she's okay enough to work daily, make make millions and millions of dollars of people and do, you know, continue like nothing, then she should be okay to handle her own shit to me. And if, you know, she wants to blow all her millions on fraps, she earned those millions, so she should be able to do that. Exactly. Do, like, do you know how many times a night or how many times a week? I assume she only does one show a night. Am I correct? Yeah, maybe two sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, mostly well, probably one night. Yeah. Sure. Let's say conservatively, seven to nine times a week, she has to hear somebody from the audience yell, it's Britney, bitch. You know what I mean? Which is fun. Like, we all enjoy that. But what I'm trying to say is she is, like, lucid enough to like do crowd work. She remembers all of her steps. That is very complicated choreography. She knows, like, listen, Britney Spears lip syncs, but whatever, who cares? Don't hold that against her. But like, she knows how to lip sync on cue. That alone is like, okay, you're good at your job. So it's like, if you can hold down a job, then. Yeah. And if she, and if she was in a place mentally where it's like, she wasn't, capable of making decisions then why fucking push her out and make her perform every single night like then she should be getting treatment to get better not like being pushed out to make money um but 
Britney's net worth is reportedly $60 million, which seem low to people. So it fed the theory that Daddy Spears and her family has been robbing her blind. So um, let's get to the responses now. Okay. So Daddy Spears himself didn't say anything, but um, through his lawyer, he said he's sorry to see his daughter in so much pain, and he loves her and misses her very much. Her mother, Lynn Spears, said she's very concerned. I'm not sure what else they're supposed to say, but that's what they said. They keep mm-hmm. it very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany also got support from her ex-boyfriend, Justin Timberlake, who said that regardless of the past, what's happening to Brittany isn't right and no one should be held against their will. And he hopes the court and her family do the right thing and she can live her life however she wants. Now, many side-eyed Top Ramen Head because... When he was promoting his solo album, you know, he slut-shamed her in interviews. So they're like, really? But Mm -hmm. um, he says he supports Britney. Christina Aguilera also spoke out and said that being bullied in silence by your family is probably devastating and that every woman deserves her own time to heal and Britney deserves to be free to live her own life. Mm -hmm. K-Fed also spoke out through his lawyer. Everyone's speaking out. Uh, I'm waiting for Bit-Bit. To release a statement next. From heaven? From doggy heaven? I'm I'm choosing to believe Bitbit is still alive. Yeah, they're at a senior's dog center in Florida. Yeah, or they're living with Carla, who was Britney's assistant during the, you know, the time she was going through it. Yep. Bitbit is with Carla. So KFED currently has 70% custody of his sons with Britney. They're 15 and 14 years old now. KFED also gets financial support from Britney, of course. So KFED said that the conservatorship is obviously no longer working for Britney and he supports her fighting it and that he wants what's best for her because what's best for her is best for their kids. And KFED's lawyer added, if she's able to handle herself in a way that does not jeopardize herself or her children, should they be in her custody, Kevin is very comfortable with the conservatorship being dissolved. I mean, here's the thing. When KFED is sounding reasonable, then we've all got to take a step back and see and reassess this situation. Yeah, but you know he whispered on the side, if the conservatorship is devolved, dissolved, am I going to lose that check? Papa's yeah. out. Papa's out. <laughs> He's like, don't make, don't make me get a job and work, bitch. Yeah. And finally, so Jamie Lynn Spears said the most. She mm-hmm. was mad. And... She let us know she was mad. So Jamie Lynn has felt the wrath of the Free Britney movement on her in her Instagram comments. She had to shut her Instagram comments off because of it. So they have accused her of staying silent through all this, of stealing from Britney since Jamie Lynn is the trustee of Britney's estate. Mm-hmm. And since Britney called out her entire family, Jamie Lynn is on the Free Britney shit list. So Jamie Lynn posted several Instagram stories saying that even though she's been quiet in public, she's been supporting her sister. And in fact, she's the one who told Britney to get a new lawyer. Um, Oh, and Britney, by the way, she wants to pick her own lawyer. She doesn't want a court-appointed lawyer. So Jamie Lynn says she told Britney to get her own lawyer. And if Britney wants to end her conservatorship and fly to Mars... Those were Jamie Lynn's words, not mine. Or disappear into a rainforest um, and have a bunch of kids. Then that's what Jamie Lynn wants for Britney. Jamie Lynn also distanced herself from the conservatorship, saying that she's not her family and that she's made a conscious decision to only participate in Britney's life as her sister. The trustee shit says otherwise, Jamie Lynn, but okay. And Jamie Lynn said that she's been working since she was nine years old and supporting herself, meaning she doesn't need Britney's money. I mean, I've worked since I was nine years old. I've paid my own freaking bills since I was 10 years old. Not that I owe the public anything, because my sister knows I love and support her. And that's the only person I owe anything to. I'm not my family, I'm my own person, I'm speaking for myself. I'm so proud of her for using her voice. I'm so proud of her for requesting new counsel, like I counsel, like I told her to do many years ago. Oh, not on a big public platform, but just in a personal conversation between two sisters. 
So I'm very proud that she's taken that step. If ending the conservatorship, if flying to Mars or whatever the hell else she wants to do to be happy, I support that 100% because I support my sister. I love my sister, always have, always will, as long as she's happy. So do you believe Jamie Lynn? I think Jamie, this is like, again, we, it's like a two sides thing, right? Like we don't fully know what's going on, but it definitely feels like, you you know, when it's like some people do bad things and then some people sit by while bad things happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not making any kind of allegations here because I know that that family has lawyers, but I'm just saying that like, it feels kind of like when it's like, look, I just support her as a sister and whatever. It's like, that's fine. But eventually you could like at like a family Thanksgiving or I don't know, a family reunion in the summer be like, Hey, uh, does Brittany still need a conservatorship? Like, have you guys thought about canceling this shit or not? I don't know how they do it at their family reunions. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how the pass pa- pass the uh, pass the Velveeta grits and can you, Brittany get out of her conservatorship? Yeah, they're like, oh, it's three p.m. grievance time. Yeah, I mean, she was very defensive. She yeah. was very mad. So it did have an air of like the hillbilly doth protest too much to mm-hmm. me, <laughs> and it was kind of like she wanted us to replace hashtag free Brittany with hashtag poor Jamie Land. <laughs> which we really should. And I know this is... Did you watch these Instagram stories? I did not watch her Instagram stories, no. Did you see the screenshot? Of yes. Her? Okay. Yes. I'm going to be very superficial. Okay. Uh, what else is new? Yeah. But her hair was so dry in the video that it was distracting. <laughs> Michael, I will defend her. We are in a pandemic. It is very difficult to get your hair conditioned properly. But she's telling us she's rich, bitch, and she's been working since she was nine. So just go down to Walmart and get some VO5. Like, yeah. her hair w- it was thirstier than her. If she's rich, she could definitely go on Sephora.com and get some Olaplex. Yeah, So that, but that's a superficial note. So <laughs> that's the whole Britney saga. Um, <laughs> there's a hearing next month, so to be continued. Yes, and hopefully it's continued with some positive news or, you know, hopefully it's not just, you know, concluded with like, and we've turned down your request to be let out of your conservatorship. We'll talk about it again in three years. So moving on from something that is not nearly as sad, but um, is a little bit Britney adjacent. And you'll see what I mean in a second or a couple minutes. So um, we've discussed Olivia Rodrigo before on the podcast. I believe that, Michael, you explained uh, who Olivia Rodrigo was in a segment that was um, to explain Gen Z stuff. Mm-hmm. So you are very well versed in Olivia Rodrigo. I, I, but I have the memory of like a stone goldfish. So I've forgotten a lot, but I do like that album. I will say that. Yes. People really enjoy her album. So she, last month, she released her first album called Sour. And if you don't know her album, so Olivia is 18 years old and she used to be, well, she still is a Disney Channel star, but um, she's also now a recording artist. So if you don't know her album, you've probably seen the, the cover picture from sour it's like her standing against like you know a back a purple like sears portrait studio backdrop and her like face is covered in stickers and her tongue is stuck out it's like you we've de- you've definitely probably seen it but you've probably also heard a song or two like the driver's license song that everybody was listening to a couple yeah i think ago. good for you is another big one yeah exactly so like you know, people really like it. It's popular. And so she's got a concert film coming out that she has called Sour Prom. Or sorry, she's called Sour Prom. And um, which to me, I immediately was like, first of all, you shouldn't be holding a prom because we're in a pandemic. Secondly, a concert film. Like you haven't even had a concert yet. But I realized that like the teens do things different. And when she says concert film, she just means like she has shot like a little short film about like her sour album and there's like it's a prom theme it's cute it will be available on youtube or it is already available on youtube but to promote it she posted a picture of herself in like um kind of like 
typical um, sad prom queen like that look where she's like she's got a tiara on her head and she's wearing a prom dress and her hair is done she's holding flowers and she has mascara running down her face very typical iconography of like the american the sad prom queen yeah exactly so that specific combination of like tiara flowers and mascara apparently was the magic spell needed to summon courtney love from wherever Courtney Love was, England, but, you know, metaphorically. So after Olivia, um, like, first posted that picture and was, like, giving giving all the details, like, here's when you can look at, watch Sarah Prom and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, Courtney Love retweeted it with, like, a comment, and she wrote very passive-aggressively, spot the difference, hashtag twinning, with several emojis, including two princesses, a happy face, and that emoji with the Groucho Marx glasses, which would imply somebody is wearing a disguise or not what they look like or trying mm. to be someone else. Yeah. So the implication here is that Olivia Rodrigo was ripping off the cover of Hole's 1994 album, Live Through This, which, I mean, we all know it. It's like the prom queen with like the, you know, flipped out Farrah hair. Well, she, actually, she's a beauty. She's a beauty pageant queen. Yes. So that's kind of where Courtney's starting at because it's like she's a beauty pageant queen exactly it's like here's what we have in common here a tiara nice hair flowers and mascara so crying crying exactly happy tears so um again it's like you know somebody could have just been like oh yeah maybe it is similar but courtney decided to take it to facebook and really get into it um those weren't she should have you know, she should have just left it at the uh, emojis, but she couldn't do that. So, yeah, on Facebook, she started fighting with Olivia's fans. And I mean, all, all of Olivia's fans are like in high school. So they're probably like, whose mom is this? Like, shouldn't you be posting Minions memes? But no, Courtney is not everyone's moms and she's not going to use Facebook to post Minions memes. So lots of people pointed out to Courtney Love that the crying prom queen or like crying beauty queen, it's like kind of like it's uh it's expected like it's sort of you know it's nothing new yeah it's, it's like nothing new. courtney didn't it. invent that like the crying queen aesthetic exactly. well here's the thing michael courtney will argue that she at the very least uh invented um the look for holes uh live through this album so um she was trying like she tried to argue on facebook that her album cover for live through this was a completely original idea it was her completely original idea which i believe courtney love when she says that that it was her idea to do it but i also think that it wasn't like you know um it's not like everybody in that boardroom meeting was like what i've never heard of this before and unhappy beauty queen or a beauty queen that's crying i i don't understand courtney elaborate i can't picture it yeah and people like brought up like carrie like well courtney carrie was before that she's like no 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 carrie is totally different this idea was my like she really really believes that the crying queen pageant queen prom queen was like birthed from her brain nobody else has had this idea but her no. She's the first in history. Brian De, Brian De Palma, um, in 1994, he saw the Live Through This album. Well, Stephen like, King. Stephen King, like, yeah. saw the album and he looked into the future and saw the album and then thought, I'm going to make a, write a novel about a sad prom yes. queen. Stephen Homecoming King, or whatever it was. Yeah, Stephen King looked into the future. Brian De Palma went back into the past in a time machine and they both made uh, 1976's Carrie and they were like, okay, hopefully Courtney Love never discovers this or we're in big trouble. So they, so obviously Courtney Love was like, um, she was, she was mad. She, she was very mad. And the one thing that she said was like, she's like, I am honorable to other artists and other artists should be honorable back saying like, you know, if I was going to rip off someone's idea, I would ask them first. And it's the right thing to do to ask me first or whatever. Yeah. And like Olivia has no manners. These mm-hmm. Disney kids are rude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, because a lot of some people were like, oh, you know, Courtney was just joking. No, she was... She was genuinely pissed off. She's very, very bad. So here's where Britney Spears comes into it. So um, 
Courtney, like, kind of signed off on one of her rants by saying, like, she was feeling kind of bitchy and she was in a mood because of the whole Britney Spears situation. And so she's like, I don't want anyone to think that, like, I don't want anyone to be gaslighting me or, like, telling me that, like, something isn't, you know, serious when it's serious to me and stuff like that, right? And so she, like, she could have, she could have just left it there. Again, she didn't. So I guess, like, Olivia eventually realized, like, Courtney Love is fighting with me on the internet. I should probably, you know, chime in. So she commented on an Instagram post and she just said like, she loves Courtney Love and she loves Live Through This, which, you know, who doesn't love Courtney Love and who doesn't love Live Through This? Like, we all agree. Courtney, um, I'll show you people who don't love Courtney Love, but but that's another episode. The remaining members of Nirvana? Yeah. yeah. And Hall, Dave probably. Grohl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so... So, um, Courtney responded to Olivia's comment by saying, um, that she should like DM her for the address of her favorite florist in London because she lives in London and, you know, being like, I can't wait to, you know, read your note that you send me, like basically saying like, you're going to send me flowers and an apology note. Right. And then, so she went on Facebook again, and this is, this is what you're talking about where she like drags Disney kids. So she said, I've informed her I await her flowers and a note. I sure hope it's long. Does Disney teach kids reading and writing? God knows. Let's see. Yes, this is rude. Rage inducing? Honey, if I had a dollar for everyone this happens, I'd be real rich. And to which I have to say, like, Courtney, do you know how you'd be really rich is if you, like, were kind of nice to Olivia Rodrigo and were like, hey, can I collaborate on a song with you? Do you want to sample any whole songs? Because I know that Olivia Rodrigo is popular and I know that teens love TikTok and I can only imagine how much money Olivia Rodrigo makes every time her songs are, you know, used on TikTok. Yeah. Is it a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not like, yeah, so it's not like a scam like Spotify. Like, again, it's like Courtney Love fumbled her own bag, if you will. To borrow a phrase I've never used before. <laughs> I mean, like, to me, like, Olivia's team was clearly inspired by Live Through, like, the Live Through This album cover. Sure. Like, it's clear. Like, th- sh- that's what she was trying to do. So they could have put a note to say, like, oh, you know, Olivia was inspired by her idol, Courtney Love, or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but Courtney Love was just, <laughs> it was just, like, so serious. It was, like, to quote, who was it? Natasha, I think, in America's Next Top Model. Like, I wanted to be like, Courtney, you know, some people have wars in their countries. Yeah. Because yeah. this was like, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to Courtney Love. Like, she was so pissed. And she, I was like, how, and how does Courtney Love have this much time? I mean, she obviously has a lot of time because she was going through like, she was all through the comments on her Facebook Every post, comment, every like, single responding, comment. responding, and I'm like, Courtney, like, stop this, and instead of doing that, please go pitch a sequel to Trapped starring you. Have you ever seen Trapped? Amazing. I No, I have not seen Trapped. <laughs> Courtney Love's best work. So she needs to go do that instead of, like, going on and on and dragging this 18-year-old kid on <laughs> Facebook. A place where... Of that which Olivia Rodrigo probably doesn't know exists. So she's like, yeah. She's like, face what now? Allison and I will now get into five stories, starting with Sexy Beast. So by now, everyone knows and has been traumatized by the mask singer, um, the fever dream from south korea that came to the u.s and it's where a reality show where famous people and sort of famous people compete um they sing against each other while disguised in like a fucked up costume Mm -hmm. and netflix decided to take that concept and make it even scarier by giving us sexy beasts Sexy Beast is a dating reality show that is like Mask Singer meets Mr. Personality, which was this dating show back in the day. I think it was a flop that was hosted by Monica Lewinsky. And mm-hmm. it featured men in masks competing for the love of one woman. So it's I like, remember that. yeah. So Sexy Beast is kind of like that. So singles will date each other while wearing makeup and prosthetics. So it's like they're done up like a 
terrifying dolphin or mm-hmm. like a scarecrow. It's terrifying. So they don't know what each other looks like. And of course, they're all attractive underneath, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer will haunt my nightmares forever. Um, but it's good news for furries. Yeah, that trailer is like seared into my frontal lobe. Um, so here's the thing. I mean, it's a great concept until one of the contestants realized that they'd rather go home with the weird, terrifying dolphin. And then they're like, okay, well, what do I do now? Yeah, they're like, put put, put on that dolphin mask again. Yeah, so, we like, fuck, so we or, can fuck. So we can, can go to the romance suite or whatever it's called. <laughs> the zoo? Yeah. Do they call oh, yeah. it the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> the mating. The mating. Mating pen. pen. Yeah. So if you watch the BET Awards over the weekend, then you know that Cardi B performed, and she performed while totally pregnant. Uh, She showed off her, I don't like uh, baby bump, her gestating dome. She showed that off, and so she confirmed that she's pregnant with her second child, and the father is her on-and-off-again cheating slut of a husband offset. Cardi and offset um, have an almost three-year-old daughter named Culture Kiari Cephas. So now Culture will be a sister. I hope they name this one Club. Culture Club. Culture Club. If they don't, they're going to hear from us. So, I mean, it was kind of like a shock when she just revealed that she was pregnant because nobody knew she was pregnant. But I think the biggest shock here is that Offset was hooking up with a woman who was his wife. I know. That's the real plot twist. Yeah. I was like, Offset, did you know that was Cardi B? And... This baby will have a father who is a cheating stalker and a mother who allegedly ordered a beatdown on Offset's side pieces. But on a positive note, this kid will be a wealthiest baby. A wob. So the powers that be of America's Olympic team have decided which brand will be the official loungewear pajamas and underwear of Team USA at the Olympics. And they chose a small, little-known business whose owner really needs the exposure because she just doesn't get enough of that. So they chose Kim Kardashian's Spanx knockoff called Skims to be the official loungewear pajamas underwear of the U.S. Olympic athletes. They even taint the Olympics, Allison. We cannot escape them. They're everywhere. So, but honestly, Michael, listen, I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but I will. Because to me, this is the perfect pairing. The Olympic motto is faster, higher, stronger. And that's Kim's motto too. For example, nobody works faster to find ways to rake in money. Kim's life goal is to get the highest number of Instagram followers. And her photo editors always use the strongest airbrush settings. Yeah, you 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 argued a good um, reason. I hope Chris Chris Jenner pays you for that. She won't. <laughs> Chelsea Handler was on Andy Cohen's SiriusXM show and said that recently she was on shrooms and she was talking to a tree for thirty minutes, and then she discovered that the tree was actually her landscaper. So it's a landscaper that looks like a tree. Who knew that Chelsea Handler's landscaper is Scarlett Johansson? But um, Chelsea offered her landscaper shrooms. He took them. And together, they tripped all day in the pool and talked. Allison, have you ever done shrooms with your landscaper? Oh, not my landscaper, but my butler and I have gotten in some crazy shenanigans. Every day, daily. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, have you? Uh, Well, I don't have a landscaper. And... If I did, I guarantee you they would not want to do shrooms with me. I'm annoying on shrooms. I don't even want to do shrooms with myself. Oh, my goodness. Um, meanwhile, those trees that Chelsea Handler was tripping around, they were probably so nervous because they were probably whispering to each other, like, we're tall and thin. Try not to look too much like Angelina Jolie or it's chainsaws for us. For our final story of this episode, we're going to go to TikTok, where user Ann Packer asked everyone to share an incredibly immature thing they'll never stop doing. So Ann Packer started first by saying that when he peels an orange, he peels the peel into a dick shape. (laughs) That seems like a lot of work. Um, Another said that they will never miss out an opportunity to use D's nuts or make (laughs) yo mama jokes. 
Someone else said that they still stretch every morning like they did with a kid, like, as a kid. You know, like when you stretch and go like, ah, and then you like yeah. shake. Ah. Yeah. So they said they still do that. Um, someone else said that they still stick grapes in their nose holes. And many said that they still make, that's what she said, jokes. I do too. So mm-hmm. Allison, what immature thing can you not stop doing? Well, first of all, I laughed at Packer. So there's that. Um, but the there's two immature things I can't let up. So one of them is drinking Kool-Aid. I still buy Kool-Aid and I still drink it. I love Kool-Aid. Um, and I know it's bad. I'm not buying like fancy adult Kool-Aid. Is that immature Kool-Aid. though? I, yeah, maybe it's more just like, oh, Alice, you need to start drinking some water. <laughs> Fine, you know, you like the finer things in life. Yeah, it's not an immature thing. It's something that worries my doctor thing. But the other, the other thing is immature. It's whenever I'm using white glue for something, and I use it a lot because I love to craft, um, I always put a little bit of it on my skin. You have Let fit. it dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sniffing it up. No, I'm putting it on my skin and I'm peeling it off. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a classic. Mm-hmm, that's not, but, is that immature? Well, it's something I did yeah, when I, guess, I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it, sh- it probably should have ended at some point in time. What about you? What is the immature thing that you do? I mean, everything. My, my whole life is immature. Like I, get, like, I talk shit all day. I mean, it doesn't get any more immature than that. <laughs> is, delisted, so, is delisted our, like, recess playground? That's like, yeah, that's like the, the yeah, it's an immature playground. I, <laughs> I make that's what she said jokes all the time. <laughs> Um, like when someone asks what the time is, I'll say time for you to get a new watch. I'll say that every <laughs> single time. Or if someone asks like a question that has such an obvious answer, like let's say I'm making a sandwich <laughs> and they're like, what are you making? I'll say, oh, I'm making fucking lasagna, sushi and a birthday cake. You know, so I'm wonderful to be around is what I'm saying. But the probably the most immature thing I do besides talk shit on the Internet all <laughs> day is like fart. Like, I can fart on command. <laughs> what? Yeah. So that's probably it. So again, like, I'm wonderful to be around. You you know what you are? You're the little brother in, like, an 80s um, movie. Yeah, ten, ten, but ten times more annoying and way too much. Okay, before we run off into the night, we have a couple of notes. So next week, the show is off for 4th of July. And the week after that, I'm on vacation. So Allison is going to do the show with the hilarious and magnificent Mika, who's Mm -hmm. making her grand return to the podcast. Some of you have emailed asking for more of Mika, so Mika will be back. Um, If you've got a question for Mika or Allison, you can send that question to DTP at delisted.com and they may answer it on their episode. We would love to answer it on our episode. So send away. And if you're celebrating the 4th, have a happy and a safe one. And if you set off a friendship pagoda firework, send me the video because I love those. I can't buy fireworks anymore and I won't. But are if you, you are do you not, are you not allowed to buy them anymore? They might phone? be illegal here. Yeah. So no. Okay. It's yeah. So yeah, send send me a video of that because I love the opulence of it all. So till next time. Goodbye, Michael, and enjoy your vacation. Bye. Bye.